You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode number seven, Superman Joins the Circus. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Steven and a thousand miles over there to my right is another host, Mr. Ed Moore. Howdy. Howdy, Ed. How you been? I, I have been just uh, peachy keen, uh, as they say in, in the country. Do they? I mean, I, I live rurally. I guess I do hear that now and again. I, I, I live keen. in the South, and I'm not really sure, honestly, that I've ever looked somebody in the eyeball when they said peachy keen. So I don't know if it exists or not. But, yeah. it you know, it's quaint and it sounds kind of Southern. And, you know, so I, I go with that. So this is the uh, this is the point in the show that we have in our official show notes. This is the point where we're supposed to banter. Yes, uh, I have been toying with the idea of maybe eventually making that like an, an official segment with music and everything that I can oh, put in. Banter. Now it's time for banter. <laughs> ban, 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 yeah, you know, and then we just so uh, what's the weather like? Yeah, that, that <laughs> really would be boring banter. That would be rife yeah. with for a uh, Monty Python lead in. Yes. Um, I do actually have something uh, today, though. And uh, if you don't mind me uh, selling myself for just a just a small moment. Banter away, sir. So um, for those who may not be in the know there back uh, a long time ago and my I I refer to it as my previous life. I used to be a musician in the 90s and uh, just recently. Wow. I am old. I mean, I'm not as old as you, but I am old. (laughs) Just, you know, I, I close enough to. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're close. Yeah, we're that's, very. That's I, I arguable. We're, so we're you just know. a couple years apart, I believe. But um, I mean, I I'm I'm reaching the uh, the end of my first half century upon the earth. And I think mm. you've already crossed that. Line, right? I, yeah, I'm I'm a journeying uh, forth. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <So. laughs> you're already moving on forward. I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh I had uh, been talking with some of the guys that I used to be in this band with called Larry. And um, I uh, we, we had back in the day between 93 and 96, we had recorded three different demos. And of course, the purpose of a demo back then was to uh, make uh, uh, tons of copies and send them to clubs in a, in a press kit to try to get gigs. Uh, but then we also sold them. We, we put them out on cassette tape. And but um we uh, we all have uh, digital copies of of all nine of these songs from back then. Somebody uh, at some point, uh, re- you know, was able to digitize their their tapes. And uh, I just asked them the other day. I said, "Hey, do you guys mind if I uh, put all these together like in one collection and then just throw them up there on uh, all the streaming services like Apple Music and Spotify and all those places?" And they're like, "Yeah, go for it." So. So I did that. I made a I made a little album cover. It's uh, called uh, All Inclusive. And uh, as of today, you can find it on Apple Music and you can find it on Spotify and Amazon Music uh, and YouTube Music. And I'm sure it's other places. I have found that it's they uh, it's also on like if you go into Instagram and you add a song to one of your stories it's there. Those songs are there. You can find them there and add them to your stories. So I think that's kind of neat. But I'll put a link in the show notes if anybody is in any way interested. Um, doing that uh, then also made me want to do the same thing with with the band I was in previous, 
which was uh, Trinity X. And so that stuff's coming up slowly as well. Yeah. That was, that was my bit of banter. Cool beans. For this episode. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't have anything cool like that. Uh, in the 90s, uh, 86 to 91, uh, I was in college. And until 94, I was in graduate school. Yeah. So, see, I didn't. Although, <clears throat> I will say I did have a child in 95. Yeah. I, I can use the rest of the 90s. I can use my first son as my excuse why I didn't have a band then. So, well, I mean, here, here's here's what I'll tell you about about me being in a band in the 90s. I didn't go to college because I was going to be a rock star. Right. That that was okay. the goal. That was the plan. And in high school, uh, I would even have like my guidance counselor would take me aside and be like, well, let's talk about preparing for college. I said, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to be a rock star. That's that's the plan. And he says, well, but you got to have a backup. And I said, oh, if you got a backup. You're just setting yourself up for failure. There you go. That's, yep. <laughs> and here I am, not a rock star. So, and I'm not, I don't care. I'm not bitter. I'm not, I'm, I don't sit on the couch and go, if only. Boo hoo hoo. And it's, it's funny because, of course, uh, the moment that I started talking to these guys in the band again recently uh -oh. and, and then asking, Hey, do you guys care if I put this stuff up? Of course, immediately two of them were like, "Oh, we should get get back together and we'll do some yeah, reunion yeah. shows." And I'm just like, "Whoa, yeah. slow down now!" <laughs> it's it's like, not where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. First of all, I don't even have a drum set, and I don't know if you've ever priced one of those, but they're freaking expensive. You know, if if I got enough money, if I had that kind of money lying around, I'd buy a car. That's that's all I'm saying. At this point, there you go. Priorities, That's, family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, now yeah, I, that was I will my... ask, do, do you still have a practice pad and a set of sticks? No, so no, you, you I haven't done any of that in a while. No, uh, recently, um, the actually the the way we all kind of reconnected, because one of the guys had moved away. He had moved uh, uh, up, up east. He was over in Virginia and uh, he recently came back to town and and. Two of the other guys, they had gotten together and they were they were kind of jamming together and stuff. And because because they're all still, you know, they're one of them's married and, and well, two of them are married and, and one has kids and blah, blah, blah. But they all still they all still play and they, they they're in various bands and they go out and they, they play clubs and all this stuff. And uh, it's cool. just never it's never been, um, you know, at, at one point I just kind of it just didn't it, it, it wasn't fun anymore. And that was the whole reason. I started okay. playing because it was fun. And once it stopped being fun, I just stopped doing it. But they got together uh, one night. They were getting together to jam. And, and one of them had reached out to me and said, hey, what are you doing tonight? You should come by. And, uh, I, I, you know, usually they all know me pretty well. They're like, they're, yeah, he's not going to come over because, yeah, I don't I don't go out and do stuff. I'm I'm very close to being agoraphobic. <laughs> you know, I just I just don't like going out. I just don't like going out and doing stuff. It's just not my thing anymore. And uh but I decided, you know what? I think I will come by and just just hang out for a bit. Cool. And he said. Uh, he said, "Well, don't tell the other guys. I'm gonna. We're gonna surprise them." And uh, sat uh, went 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 in there, hung out with them for a bit. They I actually sat down behind the drum set and we played part of a song. First time I'd played in maybe 10, 11, wow. 12, 13 years or something. And it wasn't perfect, but you know, it was almost almost like riding a bike. I have a. I have a video of it over on my 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 Stephen R. Orr YouTube channel. Um, big fat guy behind a drum set. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, 
if if I had all the time on my hands and I had enough money to 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 have a drum set, I would I probably would be playing again at this point, but not in any kind of serious capacity. But that's that's how cool. That's that's all cool. There we go. That's what I meant to say. It's totally cool. It's totally cool. All right. So today, are we done with the banter? Is is the banter uh, segment the? I, I think I am banter filled. Yes. Here ends the Superman Super Show banter segment. Now on to the next segment in which we talk about a little story called Superman Joins the Circus. This appeared in Action Comics number seven. It was written by Jerry Siegel. Pencils on this story uh, was by Wayne Boring. Inks by Wayne Boring and Paul Loretta. The letterer was Paul Loretta and our editor was Vincent Sullivan. This is the first time we've really done credits so far in the show because basically up to this point, I think we had uh, uh, an extra inker in issue mm-hmm. six, but really everything has just been Jerry Siegel and, and Joe Schuster. And right. uh, I, I want to, I will talk a bit about that when we get into once we're done with the synopsis, because um, yeah, I think it's fairly obvious with this, starting with this issue that there seems to be a bigger team working mm-hmm. on these stories. And I am not the most critical of comic book readers, but for these stories, I did start to notice some differences at the very least in choices that were made um, mm-hmm. as far as how the panels were set up. Yes. Um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily able to tell, you know, this brush stroke and this line stroke and, and that kind of thing, but I could tell that the, the frame of reference and the camera angles are, are yeah. starting to be a little different from what they were the first, you know, two, three, four yep. issues. Yeah. And really the, with, with this issue, and again, we'll talk about it more once we, once we get through the summary, but there, it, it was a very, um, very different look as far as the way the, the panels were set up compared to what we had before. And I, I feel like I kind of have an idea of maybe why that is, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. So Action Comics number seven was, of course, published by DC Comics, and it has a cover date of December 1938. So uh, here's what happened. Clark Kent is being ribbed by fellow Daily Star employee Curly before his boss assigns him to interview the owner of the Jordan Circus. When he arrives, he overhears an argument between Mr. Jordan and Derek Niles. Mr. Jordan owes Niles money. And he only has two options, come up with the money or take Niles on as a partner. Unfortunately, the first option is unlikely. The Jordan Circus is playing to mostly empty crowds. Clark Kent decides that what his circus needs is Superman. As Superman, he approaches Mr. Jordan and offers to be his strong man. After several feats of super... super, (laughs) Okay, just take take a breath. Take a breath, Stephen. All right. After several feats of superhuman strength, Jordan hires him. The next day, Derek Niles and Lois Lane both see the circus's ads with Superman in them. They both head off to the circus where they see the packed crowds. The crowd demands to see Superman, and he gives them a show. Derek Niles, suddenly seeing his plan of getting control of the circus going up in smoke, plans for some accidents to befall circus performers and customers. Lois Lane, meanwhile, is trying to get into Superman's dressing room, (laughs) which is just, that just sounds funny. 
<laughs> is that a euphemism? That That's what it oh, sounds oh, like. Oh, but no, okay. she's literally trying to get into his dress. Oh, room. okay. Literally. She, gotcha. Yeah. After being refused at the front door, she attempts to sneak in where she comes across Trigger, the man hired by Niles to perform some accidents. He subdues her and then takes her to Mr. Niles. At the next show, the accidents start to happen. The lion gets loose, the trapeze shatters, the tent pole breaks, and each time Superman saves the day. He notices Trigger trying to leave and forces him to tell him what he knows. Superman speeds toward Niles' office in order to save Lois Lane. When he gets there, Niles faints from fright. Both he and Trigger are put in jail, and the Jordan Circus is saved. Clark Kent returns to the Daily Star to once again get picked on by Curly. Later, when Curly is in a room, someone reaches in and tears off all his clothes, much to his embarrassment. That synopsis, by the way, was taken from DCFandom.com. And the link will be in the show notes. Ed, what did you think? There was a lot that happened uh, in that, uh, what was it, 13 pages of story. Um, Superman, okay, well, well, we'll get there. But but I'll go ahead and, and say that, you know, I don't appreciate what Superman did to that circus wagon. I, I think it was entirely no, unnecessary. I agree. But, it's like, let me show you that I'm a strong man and just destroys the poor man's wagon who's already struggling for money. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and th these these three issues that we we have already looked at, and hopefully we'll talk about tonight. This is just the beginning of this um, this stage, shall we say, in Superman's career. Yeah, Superman jerk. Uh, something I don't know. He's like, well, I'm big and strong, and nobody can stop me. So uh, no. that you know, that's almost what it feels like. It's like, but. But you're the good guy. You're not supposed to act that way. That that's not well. No, he started out pretty early. What is this? The the seventh appearance of his, and he's yeah. uh, it's gone to his head. You know. Yeah. He he believes he's Superman, and boy, he is starting to act that way. <laughs> yeah. He's he's starting to become. It's like he's a he's a bully, but he's he's trying to direct it towards yeah. doing good, and he doesn't always. Get it right. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like he he has this dark side. That, yeah. <laughs> that's that yep. we're now starting to see because we're you know we're watching him more. So all eyes are on him, and he he there's nowhere for him to go and be like the bad boy. We see him do it now. Yeah. It's like wow, man. Yeah. So I'll say that uh, the first thing I noticed as I started reading this, um, and we I think we alluded. to to it a bit before we started recording me. But the panel layout is not wildly different than the previous issues, but it's way more structured. It seems like uh, almost like a computer spit, spit out a template and they just filled in those panels because literally every page, I don't want to say literally because I, I I can't confirm it right off the top of my head, but it, I, I feel like every page of the story was an eight panel grid, uh, two by two lined up perfectly with, you know, just perpendicular, just two, uh, well, two rows, two columns yep. of four panels. Except for the first uh, yeah. that had the, the splash panel and the last, which had the little ad yeah. in the lower right hand corner. You're absolutely right. They were all uh, straight up eight panel pages. And the, the lines that that created the panels were a bit thin. Compared to uh, even the next issue, 
Um, now we do have a different penciler this time around. So maybe that's a big part of the reason. Maybe, but you would think, well, I'm, I mean, we, we don't know what the process right. is, you know, um, we don't know how much freedom to fill the panel the artist yeah. is given at this point. Um, so it, it, it appears that the artist must be given quite a bit of freedom or at the very least, um, Siegel has not adapted to uh, directing things more. Yeah. With without Schuster there, you know, they I'm sure they were a little bit more simpatico yeah. than Siegel and, you know, whomever else is partially or fully arting, uh, if that's a word, um, yeah. th these these later issues. You know, again, we don't know exactly how much is one artist and how much is the other. But then there's also the matter of inking, you know, how much is one yeah. or the other or uh, potentially a third person um, that, you know, so it's like, yeah, there's. But definitely, at the very least, you can see that artistically, something has changed. Yeah. And I have a theory. Uh, I don't know if it holds any water, but the one thing that we we do know based off of uh, what little bit of research I did before we started the, the, the whole podcast and we talked about a bit in episode one is that before that first Superman story appeared in Action Comics... Uh, Siegel and Schuster were trying to get a deal with the the newspapers to 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 syndicate a Superman strip, and it feels or it seems as if they had already worked up uh, a, a few strips. I mean, you you think they would have just just for the fact that they're they're trying to sell them, so they got to show what they can do. And the first issue, the first story is is almost fairly obvious that they took uh, these strips that they created that literally were meant to be, you know, three or four panels across that were going to go into uh, various news daily newspapers for the next week or so. And they cobbled them together and created that first 13 page story for action comics. Number one. And I have to wonder if maybe for the first, at least five issues, because I, I do think by issue six, we do start to see the structure changing up just a bit, getting mm -hmm. a li little bit more, uh, well, structured, more more comic booky, more uh, befitting to a, a regular sized comic book page. And right. so I wonder if by the time we got they, they got to issue number six, they had everything beforehand was either all taken up by the strips that they had created previously to try to woo a deal out of these newspapers or partial, uh, you know, they were using partial strips and adding more stuff to, to create these, right. these full stories. And then by issue six and of course here, issue number seven, it's just all created specifically for the comic. And it's, and it's why it feels a little bit more, um, feels a, a little bit less like they were putting it together in their garage and more like they're in the offices of DC comics, putting the, putting the book together, you know, not that there's anything wrong with right. Recording art in your garage as I'm sure Steven um, uh, can attest to. So yes, all, all art has its place. There's, That's right. We're not, we're not putting down the garage. Some great stuff have, has come out of garages, literally. Indeed. So that's no, I mean, no. that's just that it, that is just a theory, but it, it did. Well, it, it could be. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you've got a lot of support uh, it, visually in, um, you know, three, four, five issues of a certain 
technique, a certain style, yeah. and then it starts to vary a little bit. And then in this one, uh, it has varied enough that we we notice it enough to to want yeah. to say something. So, yep. and we get some of the same in the next couple of issues, except they have started to move. You know, the the panels they're not just straight two columns of four panels. I mean, they they're the columns, but they're the the panels shift so they 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 somewhat overlap each other each each panel's not the same width basically and right. every every panel on most of these pages they're all the same rectangular shape and width and size yeah this 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 issue it's it's very precise you could yeah. probably take a ruler and yep. and they would be the same width and length um all the way through for for the pages that there are eight yeah and did you notice his boots? Yes, they're yeller. That I find that really curious, considering that we are reading a, of course, reprints. And I have to assume it's not a coloring mistake of the reprint. Why would they do that? They would catch to, that these days. To maintain it as to what it was. I would Exactly. Hope. That's what I'm thinking as well. That yeah, for I, some I reason. That that's, yeah, for well, some I'm, re- and and th- to me, that is always something that I uh, I don't necessarily like about a lot of modern reprints of not modern comic books. The difference in the paper is one thing, mm-hmm. and and the difference in the inking, the coloring, but also the the um, corrections. And I'm I'm throwing up, you mm-hmm. know, that will be. And I'm like, but that's not if your purpose is to present what was then just leave it we yep. we are are smart enough to understand that oh well you know it used to be this color this style this length this whatever and now it's not and over yeah. you know 40 50 60 years a perfect example um batman's cape and cowl is there one thing on a uh, comic character that has changed more than batman's cape right um, and with the recent passing of Neil Adams, uh, that comes to mind just for me immediately because he was one of the first people to draw that I am familiar with the, the like eight times the size of the man cape billowing yeah. and blowing and trailing and, you know, all this stuff. Whereas other other people, um, you know, early in Batman, he, he had this little like a, you know, a half cape. Like a little yep. kid's Halloween cape, yep. it's you know. So, um, and if that's the way it is, and and you are you are reprinting those stories, then keep it the same. Just do that. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you know, I'll, I'll use the um, if you've seen recent copies of uh, Walt Simonson's Thor run, mm-hmm. um, they've recolored it, Ooh. and it it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just doesn't quite work. And I guess I, I, I get why they tried it, but it, it, it doesn't work. Well, the, the 80s newsprint um, books are, are what I cut my teeth on, really, when I yeah. really became a reader collector. And so that is my preferred look. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I know that virtually everything I pick up nowadays is not like that. Everything I pick up new you know, is not like that. But that's fine. I can go here behind me on the other side of this wall, bust open a box and get all of the books that are on that 80s newsprint that I want if, if I want to sit down and read those. So 
See, the way you said that, I picture you going in there with like a freaking baseball bat and whacking the box yeah, apart yeah, I, to get to your comics. I normally have a pocket knife here with me, but yeah, yeah. I, they're in the other room. So you got to bust that box open. Bust open. So I want to talk about the art just a little bit because um, I rather liked it. I, I, I rather like Wayne's Wayne's style here. Um, there's a lot. It's a lot more detailed as far as what's in the backgrounds and mm-hmm. and you know what's going on around Clark and, and and Superman. And there's actually a moment I'm scrolling through right now when we we talk about Lois trying to get into to Superman's uh, dressing room. She's crawling and on the ground. A, yeah, the panel where she's climbing, crawling under the tent, and it's all really all you have of her in that panel is just her posterior and her legs sticking out from underneath this tent. Mm-hmm. But you really get a sense of her wriggling and and mm-hmm. struggling to get under this this tent just from that one little panel, and and I thought that was really well done. Yep, a lot of shadow there, uh, multiple layers because she's got a coat on over her dress and yeah. Uh, shoes and grass and yeah yep. I, it, everything is there that you would see there's nothing left that that you assume is also there everything is yeah. illustrated that would would typically be in that situation i think yeah i'm also rather curious about uh this uh mr niles his his uh motivation behind wanting to become a partner in this circus because i had i i was waiting for him to maybe say at one point that he was going to use it as a front to, uh, you know, smuggle goods uh, or okay. run arms or, sure. or something like that. Because he, he, otherwise, why does why is he so excited and why is he so willing to break the law to become a partner in a failing circus? Right. And yeah. he's, he, he wants to make it fail more. So Mr. Jordan can't pay him his money so that he can become a partner to to what? Who who yearns? It's like, I can't wait to become a partner in this circus. That's where all the money is. You know, I just I don't understand his motivation. I don't know. I don't know. It's but I I do have in mind that other media that I, I've consumed from this era, that is a a. a frequently used method to acquire um, businesses is that some some money bags wants to force someone's business to be so bad that they can scoop it up. And I'm like, well, but you've ruined the business. So what what are you going to do with it? How you know, how does that benefit you if they're not just trying to get rid of the business? Yeah, they get it just to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to get it to use it and you've ruined it, well, how exactly are you going to use it now that you've ruined it? What? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's so much happening in this story. They don't really have time to get into his motivation. So it's almost they just the, the they want us as the reader to just he just wants it because he's a bad guy. That's that's, you know, he's just a bad guy doing bad things. And so here's a way for him to to be bad, you know, is by 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 becoming a partner in this in this circus, which obviously Mr. Jordan doesn't want. So that's, that's his motivation. He just wants to do something to, to piss people off. That's, he's he's a bad guy. That's what bad people do. Speaking of bad people doing bad things, let's take a moment and discuss what they did to poor cracks. Poor cracks. Cracks. C-R-A-X. Cracks. That's the name of the guard dog for the circus. Yeah. He comes up against Niles's, um, Step fetch it, dude. Here, which 
They gave his name. Trigger. Trigger, that's right. Trigger. His name is Trigger. And um, and this is the same dude, actually, um, when Lois is trying to sneak into the uh, through the, the previously mentioned back under portion of the tent to where um, she believes Superman is going to be. Uh, Trigger scoops her up. OK, so first of all, he snags the woman. Um, yeah. And, and he is none too uh, polite or gentle about it. OK, so you already know he's a he's a bad guy. OK, well, yes. first of all, he was doing the dirty work. So he's a bad guy. Well, now he's roughing up the Danes. OK, well, that that's, you know, times however many. Then, OK, Cracks comes around doing his job and encounters Trigger doing something on however many levels that he's not supposed to be, somewhere that he is not supposed to be. So Cracks attempts to do what he is supposed to do, but before he can, Trigger kicks him. Okay, he doesn't just kick him. He kick, he punts him like a football. Oh yeah. Okay, we we have in the panel here a Cracks flying through the air backwards from where uh, he got kicked under the jaw or in the you know lower lower chest area there lifted off the ground um and yeah so now i will go ahead and spoil it and tell you that cracks does recover uh, he he does show up later on in the in the story so he's he's good he probably does. a little sore a little bruised up but unfortunately he doesn't get to get his pound of flesh that he's owed uh, which is unfortunate um, but yeah, that, that, so manhandling the dames and kicking dogs. Okay. Trigger, trigger's bad, man. He, he's got to go. He's not a good guy. Now he does kind of get his with, uh, with Superman's interrogation technique is really kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, made me think of one of those paddle balls on the, yeah. at the rubber band. Okay. Cause that's basically what he did. He just tossed him way up in the air and then caught, caught him, him and then tossed him up in the air again. Until Trigger would talk, but yeah, there's it's it's interesting um, over the the course of seven issues how we have seen things progress. The the bad guys get um, for poor verb choice badder. Um, Superman gets harsher in dealing with the badder guys. Um, it, yeah, th- things are just tracking in an upward. Um, um, way i guess that that things are starting to be more amplified whereas in the first couple issues you know there was good and there was bad and there was superman and you know everybody was kind of on a on just a a medium to low key Uh, but now things are just starting to be not necessarily extreme uh, as we all know that doesn't happen until the 90s when things get extreme Uh, but they're they're more so there there's less um even keeledness or less ambiguity about things that the, the 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 sides of your uh good guy bad guy are are further separated it seems each yeah. story yeah yeah and uh something that i just thought of and i brought it up over on the forum and and if y'all if you're not a member of the forum you really need to be uh forum.justanotherfanboy.com link will be in the show notes um and it's it's something that every time I edit one of these episodes, I think about and I think I should have said I should have said this. But we talk about how these stories are are, are, are crazy. That you know, these these just crazy stories, crazy stuff's happening all the time. And the one thing you always hear people talk about who who read older books is how crazy when when you think of crazy stories, 
your your mind goes to the Silver Age. The Silver mm-hmm. Age is supposed mm-hmm. to be just full of this, just these wacky, right. crazy stories. Um, I think what what makes these stories just a bit crazier over the 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 Silver Age is that the Silver Age stories were supposed to be crazy. I mean, you create a guy from another dimension whose sole purpose is to come in and recreate reality to drive Superman crazy, you know, just just to mess with him. That that that's supposed to be crazy. Um, you create this red kryptonite so that all kinds of weird you can have a, a, a an issue where Superman has fins, you know, it's just yeah, weird stuff right. like that. The craziness that happens in these issues are more like uh, it's just supposed to be what happens in, in, in this day and age. You know, this is how people act. And it's just crazy it, it, the way people act. It's acceptable. Exactly. Saying and doing these things was it was OK. And that's what makes it crazy. In the Silver yeah. Age, you know, they I, they were, I think, trying to be, well, let, let you know, let's do something weird with an alien or with an undersecret. You know, they were trying to be whatever it was. Here, they're, they're just, they're making up stories. It's just. Yeah, they're just trying to be, yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to be down to earth stories. People the will thing. be entertained by this. So it's okay. You know, we don't have to, yeah. we don't have to get extreme about anything. Just, you know, toss bad guys up and catch the, the. Falling trapeze person right before she hits the ground and uh, catch the big center pole for the circus before it falls. And, you know, well, you have to draw that. So it yeah, it looks kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, let's let's think back to the issue uh, where Superman plays football and the fact that he needed to get on this football team so he could stop. The the this coach from the other football team uh, from doing nefarious things, right? So he he needed to go undercover. So I guess the the most obvious way to do that was to kidnap one of the team members, drug him, tie him to his bed, and keep him sedated while he stole his identity and became him for a little while. Right. That. To them was normal. That was a normal thing for Superman to do. That's how somebody and that's would do crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 what makes these stories crazy. So I uh I we didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand. Uh we don't officially do anything like uh let's choose our favorite panel from from the issue kind of thing. But I have a favorite panel from this issue I want to talk about real quick. Okay. And um, the nice thing about these is now that they're actually numbering every panel, mm-hmm. it's, it's easier to point out some of these panels. So this is panel number 74. 74. Okay. And it's when Lois is trying to get into Superman's dressing room. And we have an usher, basically, who's got this red jacket and these blue <laughs> gloves and this white sky me. cap type thing. And he... His answer to Lois, because we don't see all we he's the only one with dialogue in that panel. There's no there, there's nothing beforehand that suggests she said anything to him. He's just suddenly going, sorry, Superman ain't seeing no one. Get moving. And he, the way his thumb is pointing, you can just see him just get moving. You know, it's he's just he is a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah. And uh, he's super rude. And, you know, maybe he's. Maybe he's just spent the last hour after the circus 
trying to keep people out of Superman's room. And maybe that's made him angry. Could be. But I just love that. That's my favorite panel of, the, of this issue. And you mentioned that, and that brings to mind the next panel, 75. That yes. may be the most attractive Lois Lane that we have seen drawn yet. Yeah, that's a very nice Lois Lane. It, that's a very nice picture. Yeah. And, and it also, uh, her plan... If I were to conceal myself in his dressing room tonight, I'd catch him when he reported to work in the morning. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we were not truly, I mean, we are given, her, her motivation here at this point doesn't seem to be, I need to get some kind of scoop, some kind of story about Superman. It's more about, because when she discovers that Superman is going to be there, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find that particular panel. Because I think there's something that she says that that makes me laugh. Uh, she says, um, oh, she just, no, it's not this one. Then Superman in person, here I come. I think one of the issues she calls him. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, 57. Okay. On the next page. I'm going to see him again. Superman, my dream lover. Oh, why don't they hurry? <laughs> and she's clasping her hands in front of her brain. Right. Her she's, it's ra rather, rather dramatic. Charlie Brown is is sitting there uh, almost behind her, standing up and waving. That kid looks like Charlie Brown. I'm also really impressed by the 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 crowd. Uh, there's, there's a few images here, a few panels of the crowd and just the various faces mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the different shapes. And just there's a really crazy looking kid in panel 53 in the corner of that panel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just got a shock of hair and looks like maybe two teeth, but he's, yep. he's far older than that. He's probably yeah. seven, eight, nine years yeah. old. Yeah. But was really, was really, really impressed with the art. Wayne Boring is, is anything but. Let's, let's also give Schuster a hand, uh, for dropping the word pestiferous. Okay. Ooh, where does he do that? How about, uh, preparatory, um, Pestiferous. Oh, I didn't write down where it occurs, but it's a it's a narration caption. I do remember okay. that. He 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 does tend to um, once or twice in an issue. He throws in one of those ten dollar words. Um, he refers to or or the 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 reference is made to Lois of being a sob sister. Yeah, I had to look that up. Yeah, tell us, tell us what that means. I did too. Um, Wikipedia, no, yes, Wikipedia tells us that sob sister was an American term in the early 20th century for reporters, usually women, who specialized in newspaper articles often called sob stories. We, we know that phrase. We hear that all the time mm -hmm. with an emphasis on the human interest angle using language of sentimentality. So that was that was a sob sister. And there's a reference to Lois being that um, for this this particular newspaper. Yep, that was. Uh, yeah, that was. I I thought maybe at first they lettered it wrong. It's like what is that doesn't make any sense, but I looked it up. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely a it it dates what you're reading uh, that that a word like that a term like that is used, and and I always I look for things like that to see if um, if what I'm reading is dated in some way by anything more than the visuals. You know, a lot of times the visuals will give things away, but. Um, Words like uh, referring to a, a woman as a as a mall m o l l. That's one of my that's one of my favorite ones that I 
Mm-hmm. Look for when I see twenties and thirties mob kind of writings and stuff. But yeah, yeah. So Saab's sister really, really stood out. Now I will be looking for more one-off phrases and things like that as I read. Since I've I've seen one, I know okay, well yep. that it won't be the yeah. only time they do it. So as soon as I saw that and looked it up and saw that it was it was a a, a term used back then, I immediately thought of you. I said Ed's going to write this down and because. Because you, you, there, there have been a, you know, in a couple of episodes, you, you're, you've talked about the looking for that kind of stuff, the, the, the language of the time, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember one episode you, you specifically mentioned that we haven't seen a lot of that yet. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The last thing I want to say about this, about this story, the, this issue is the very last page, I think, uh, really, is a is a good example of defining how much happens in one of these stories and how quickly uh they 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 just pack everything in and they just zip 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 through it all and because literally from you got eight panels here and in eight panels superman uh tortures trigger to to get information out of him he learns that Lois Lane is being held captive by this guy, Niles. He runs to the the, the place where Niles is holding her. Very good running he, panel, by the way. Yes, very good running <laughs> panel. Um, he is moving fast in that panel. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, a blurred streak of motion. So, that, so it says he, he, he leaps into the window. Uh, Niles shoots at him. It does nothing. He tells him the bullets are as harmless to me as peas. Uh, he doesn't even have to lay a hand on Niles. He's, he he quickly faints. And then Superman's back out the window. Lois is like, he fainted away from sheer fright. Wait, I want to thank you for saving my life some other time, he says as he's leaping out the window. And then he's back at work where Curly is pulling his tie out of his suit again. And then... Uh, we get Superman, we uh, have to assume it's Superman reaching in from another room and, and jerking the clothes off of Curly to the embarrassment of others. All of that, that all of that happens in one page. Mm-hmm. And it's it's as you read these there, there are there's not really slow moments, but there are, there were moments in this issue where as I'm kind of reading along, I'm like, OK, they're spending a lot of time building up the fact that Superman, why Superman is going to join the circus, uh, what he's going to do joining the circus. And then they introduce this whole uh, trigger comes to the circus to to create accidents. And they're just at one point, I'm just like, good Lord, how are they going to how are they going to close this sucker out? Because we're nearing the end. And they do it all in that one page. They they resolve every storyline in this issue in that one page. Yep. Eight panels. And and yeah, and it's literally just bing, bang, 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 boom, boom, boom. And then and, and that's it. Yeah. What do they what do they call it now when they stretch storylines out? Decompress? Decompress, yeah. This is not. This is very compressed. <laughs> this is very, yeah. Very I mean, just from the like panel seven to panel eight, um, we get, I don't know, six to eight to 10 hours yeah. difference there because one is one night and the next panel is the next day at work. So whatever that, that interval is. Yeah. This, this last page could easily be one issue of a comic today, <sighs> possibly even two. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm not, that's not 
hyperbole. I mean, I, I could totally see you, you you give that that bit of plot to to freaking um Brian Michael Bendis. Yes. And uh, he'll turn it into two or three issues easily. Yep. I got, you know, I I got nothing against Bendis, but it's like uh you read a reading a uh, a Bendis comic book is like watching uh, a Kevin Smith movie. There, there are times when you're just like, all right, you're just, you're, you're just trying to be too clever with the dialogue. You're, yeah. you're just trying too just, hard at the point. Can, can we move? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do we, do we have to have, uh, somebody, you know, whenever I've, I've been trying to read his justice league that are, you know, I'm six months behind doing it on the, the app. And so I've been trying to read his justice league and it's all right, but there are so many scenes with all the members of the Justice League uh, talking about something. And it's like, can we can we have one of these group conversations without always inserting these dumb little joke comments from various characters and some some that make sense coming from some characters and don't make a lot of sense coming from other characters? It's like yeah. just these weird little just I don't know. And I don't know. We're not here to to complain about Brian Michael Bendis. If if we're still reading Superman comics and doing this podcast when he starts doing Superman, yeah, I was gonna say then we'll, then we can talk about we'll, it. we'll get to his part much yeah. later. All right, anything else you want to say about this issue? No, sir. I think that's everything that caught my eye. I like the the fact that they that they you know created a character this this guy Curly who um, I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the. Uh, DC fandom page for this. This is his, this is his only appearance. Mm. <laughs> he will never show up Bummer. in another comic. So he was literally created just to show that Clark has to put up with crap like that. And that, uh, after a while, Clark, even Clark Kent has a line. Uh, yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let me, uh, let me close this sucker out then. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Superman Super Show. If you want to drop us a line, you can do that at the at a, 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 a well. I'm going to read the I'm going to read the I'm going to read the email here, folks. Settle down. The Superman Super Show at gmail.com. And if you want to help us in any way, you can go rate us on Apple Podcasts or if your podcaster uh, app of choice has a rating system, go and and, and rate the episode. But Really, truly, if you want to help us, um, send us all your money. That's a joke. Just tell your friends about us. Pass it around, basically. That's that's all we ask. Tell tell your friends. Don't tell your dog. I mean, you can tell your dog, but that's that's kind of weird. Dogs don't have thumbs, and the the earbuds are always falling out of their ears. They don't really stay in quite. Don't well, but kick your dog. Don't kick your don't, dog. Don't kick your dog for cracks. Amen. Solidarity. So until next week, my name is Steven and I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. And there's Ed and Ed's going to say goodbye. Goodbye. See you later. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.